Welcome everyone to another Slab Stocks YouTube Monday live stream here at 6 p.m. Eastern time. I'm not joined by Nate today. Nate got married this past weekend and is now on a honeymoon. So I guess Nate is going to be out of office here uh, for today's live stream. So I brought Dave back. Uh, who remembers Dave's Cards 32? I'm sure you uh, remember, remember him from our last um, live stream we did together. I know that you talked a lot about Tom Brady. And I think people had some upset takes for you with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't win them all, but uh, we'll see. Good, good to have you back. Uh, as you all can see from the title and on the screen right now, today we are talking about the two footballs in the world, American football and uh, European football or soccer, as we call it here in America, because both of the seasons are around the corner. Uh, Premier League actually starts this upcoming weekend. I'm very excited about that. And American football preseason started, you know, last week. And then with the Hall of Fame game, and we'll get a lot more coming into September. And I think that there's a lot of uh, differences between the two, for sure. And I think it'll be good to talk about them. Both are worthwhile markets, especially if you do your own research and know what you're doing. Uh, for me, football is not a worthwhile market because I do not research <laughs> it enough, but Dave here has got good perspective because Dave, uh, you you do, don't you do both? You you do football yep. and soccer. Yeah, I mean, I started with football cards back in the early '90s when I was a wee lad collecting, and you know that kind of started me. And I've been learning soccer for the last year and a half, and I've learned it's uh, there's a lot to learn, and I'm still nowhere near where um, I want to be in terms of yeah. knowledge. So it's it's a big learning curve. There is a lot. There's so many players, so many leagues, so many different schedules, so many differences that we will talk about. Uh, really quick, Ian said, Aaron, did you hear about the plane crash in Victoria? So Dave's actually from Minnesota also. I went to high school in Victoria. I did hear like something really small about it, but I didn't research at all. Um, didn't sound good, and I didn't see any other pictures or videos or anything, but hopefully everyone, I mean, I, I hope is okay. I know it doesn't sound great at all, a plane crash, but we will uh, get on with today's discussion. So football versus soccer, what are the main differences? Dave and I will just go at it and bring some up. And you all in the comments can drop in your thoughts as well on the differences. Um, to me, I'll just – I think, Dave, best thing is that you and I just, like, give a difference and then oh, yeah. the other person will just go back and forth. So my first difference is that there is two different types of football over in Europe. There is club football and national team football. And they are very different, and they happen at different times of the year, sometimes during the same time of year also, if it's like World Cup qualifiers. Um, but there's that means that there's also two different cards, which brings up a ton of debate for which card is the true rookie card. And I think that's where the first, I don't want to say problem is, but it's definitely a barrier to entry for new people. It's like, what the heck am I buying in the soccer card marketplace? How do I know I'm, I'm holding a rookie card? How do, I, how do I know I'm investing in a rookie card? And in American football... As we get the Aaron Rodgers 2005 Topps Chrome Rookie PSA 10 I, uh, there is a rookie logo on that card, and it's also very obvious which year, which card, which team is a player's rookie. And yeah. if you want to comment on that too and bring up some different things, like because I think then we like we can talk yeah. about like it's for sure yeah. in soccer, like which one should you target? So I want to hear your thoughts on that. So I know with soccer because you have the the national clubs, and that's where people really rally around like the world cup has what two and a half billion people that, that watch it. Um, I think there's a lot of draw to that. Um, whereas the club teams, because guys transfer, um, there's still a lot of desire there. I mean, you can, you can tell that as you watch 
and pay attention to soccer games, just how intense some of these fans are for their club. I mean, you got um, all sorts of chaos that can happen in the stands or out in the streets after after games uh, because people are so diehard with, the, with their club. So I think you have that nice balance where soccer, you could go both routes, whereas the NFL, you have your college jerseys, which nobody wants um, until the pro unis are, are released. Um, and that's what everybody everybody chases. And there's a vast difference between pro uni and college uni. And I'm not sure there's as much of a difference between um, between things on the European side with, with soccer. Um, and if there is, um, things kind of ebb and flow depending on what's going on. Yeah, I agree. And uh, the difference is massive in the NFL marketplace with the college versus the pro. And I, you know, for myself, I know Dave said, oh, no one wants college cards, but that's an investment perspective, right? Like I have a ton of Jonathan Taylor Badger cards that I love and they're in my collection. Uh, some really cool ones. But for the the club versus the national team cards in soccer, definitely it it's interesting because I think a lot of it also has to do with like set dependence and player dependence. Like I think a lot of people – um, it might change now with recent events, but would rather in the past have had an art or a Barcelona card of Messi than an Argentina card. Like maybe they're chasing after the 2017 Tops Chrome instead of the 2014 Prison World Cup. Now, in the last three months, this has changed a lot because one, he won an international trophy uh, with the Copa America a month and a half ago. And then now he's going to PSG, which is not Barcelona. Now people, I mean, he spent 17 years at Barcelona. So people are definitely still going to buy those cards, invest them and collect them. Not the situation. I'm saying that people won't care about them, but maybe people now will gravitate to Argentina cards even more than in the past, because it's very, um, it's not like, you know, you think about a guy like Lonzo ball in, in basketball. It's like, Oh my gosh, he's on his third team in four or five years now. And he's on the Lakers, the Pelicans, not the bulls. Like, I don't want that Lakers card or I don't yeah. want that Pelicans card, something like that. Uh, a little bit different, I guess, in soccer. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the reasons too, why with, with football cards, I collect, I go after players rather than teams because with free agency and the salary cap, like these guys churn, it's very rare to have someone spend their whole career on, on one team um, or even more than 10 years with with one team. Um, and you just don't find that a lot in the NFL. Um, and you you probably have a little bit more of that in in the soccer universe. Uh, the the other, can I make a transition here? Yeah, before you do that, I just got a notification that Luka Doncic agreed to his five-year $207 million Supermax extension. So Sweet. anyone that's hoping to land him in free agency, not happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, the key is, can they put talent around him? Because... Dallas has always tried to set themselves up for free agency and for whatever reason they just can't land big free agents or they plan and Giannis goes and signs his extension and that blows up their plans for, for this year. Yeah, they were trying to create so much cap space and then all they're stuck with is Kristaps. Uh, before you bring up the next point, Rob said, I went to the National to try to get into soccer cards, just got overwhelming, so I bought nothing. Rob, uh, <laughs> very soon I think we're going to have something you're excited about in the future, so uh, definitely hit me up. By Instagram, I think you know my handle, and uh, we can talk, and I, hopefully I can help. All right, what's your next point here? Um, so the other thing that is good yet bad with American football is the scheduling. You play one game a week, and if you have an awesome game, things blow up. You know, if uh, Rodgers goes and throws for five touchdowns and no picks and 400 yards, his cards are going up. And, and you know that. Uh, but at the same time, if he goes and throws a stinker, you know, one touchdown, three picks, 
uh, people are going to be down on them for the next week. And then you even have the potential of the following week, they play a bad team, he throws four touchdowns, and then the excuses start coming of, oh, that was the last ranked defense. Um, so it's great if you're quick flipping cards, um, if you're strategically looking at strength of schedule and listing your eBay auctions to, hey, this, this team's playing the, uh, the a last place defense. Uh, but it can make it really hard if you're trying to sit and bank and bank and bank on a guy. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, you got to wait a whole nother week before you could potentially sell at a, at a market high point where I think soccer is what, two or three matches uh, a week, depending on the schedule. Yeah, definitely a couple. And it also depends on like what's going on in the time of year, Champions League versus mm -hmm. the actual league seasons or is there national play mixed in between, which is I saw a comment earlier uh, from Ian is that the World Cup this upcoming year is in November. Normally, it's always over the summer because of the heat in Qatar. They're actually playing in November, which lands smack dab in the middle of club play. And also conveniently, it comes like two to three months after the national, which I think is super important. If the World Cup wrapped up before the national, that would not have been uh, as good for soccer card investors, I think, as a lot of people buying and trying to figure out the guys that are going to play well in the World Cup, all that stuff. It'll have a lot of hype next national for sure. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, you'll definitely see a lot more soccer cards at the national next year in Atlantic City. And with it being uh, just down the street from all the casinos, you will actually have motivated sellers next year, yeah. which is last year, not as, or this year, not as many motivated sellers, it, it seemed like. Yep. And back to uh, Dave's point on the scheduling, I remember I used to buy and sell football cards quite a bit. That's how I started as well when I was, in a, when I was younger, I was in a football mostly, and that continued in high school for buying and selling. And it was that whole one-week deal. It's like if you, especially when it's not quarterbacks, if it's a running back, a wide receiver, it's like if you aren't sitting there ready to list on eBay and sell at the moment they have a 200-yard, two-touchdown game or 150-yard touchdown game, whatever it is, uh, you aren't capturing that profit. And it's it's way too herky-jerky of like now you have 17 games plus playoffs to try to make your money or flip during the season. If you don't, if you mistime it, it's going to be brutal. And also injuries too um, from Rob here. You know, your player goes out for the year, which is quite – it's quite possible in football that that happens. Mm -hmm. And that card's tanked last year. Now, they rebounded very well, as I think a lot of us assumed it would have been in the market for a long time, seeing you know hype build back as players are coming back and they get talked about and ranked in the top five, ten, whatever. But, yeah, it, injuries are tough. Yeah. And what I've learned since getting back into cards in 2017, so I've gone through a, full, a few football seasons, is probably the best time to sell cards um, for your year-long holds or, or more is August. You have – all the buildup of the new season, everybody and their mom has a fantasy football team, is diving into what's going on, the latest news. Um, and uh, a good example is, is last year. The, you saw this huge buildup in August. Um, a few guys stayed hot in September. And then football really cooled down in October, as the rest of the card market did. And it really didn't pick up probably until playoff times. Once you, once you figured out who was in the playoffs, and even then, it was a slow build. I had a bunch of Brady cards that – I was selling in the playoffs leading up to the Super Bowl, kind of like dollar cost averaging almost. And uh, I sold a lot of stuff for probably less than, than what it should have. And then it exploded, obviously, when he when he won the Super Bowl. Yeah, for um, Brady, I remember looking at the charts is like all the way up until he made the Super Bowl. Yep. But they were they really didn't do anything. Yep. Like so anything. you're 
Yeah, so unless you're predicting the two teams are going to be in the Super Bowl, your best times to sell really are August in the buildup, free agency, and the draft. Um, and everything else is a, is really a buying period other than a couple guys, you know, if someone's going out and setting a touchdown record or a receptions record or something like that. So it's, um, I'd say it's a lot less forgiving than maybe the soccer market where if Holland goes over for a couple games and then comes out and scores four goals in back-to-back games, like it's taken off like a rocket ship again. Mm-hmm. And I do think like the market is almost changing for soccer to where people aren't just looking at, Oh, how many goals is this guy scoring? It's more, how are they actually affecting the game? Um, you know, for me, it's like, this is easy for me to probably have some bias in this. Cause I'm a huge Mason Mount collector and he isn't like a Holland, you know, score one, two, three goals a game throughout the club season, and everything, but he does score some goals and he gets a ton of assists and he affects the games in a lot of different ways. Chances created, um, you know, follows one, all that different stuff. And I think the more that people watch soccer and, and read about soccer and listen to what the announcers are saying, it's going to definitely impact players' cards outside of just the top strikers. And it doesn't even really account for all the top strikers. I know Benzema is in a different situation, but he just came back to play for France. But, like, you know, people aren't like chasing down to buy Benzema cards. Like, it has to be one of those young guys, too. Right. Um, but here's a good thing from uh, Dwayne. Thoughts on longer-term investing in guys like Holland and Lewandowski who don't have strong national teams but do have extreme talent. I, I mean, I, I'm i not one that has to bank on a national tournament for a guy to gain value. I think that for people who don't watch soccer a lot, and this I wasn't one until recently in the last two years, um, they don't really understand like how big of a deal the clubs are to fans and to Europe and everything. Like The Champions League and club football – is probably just as big, if not like bigger overall than the World Cup. And yes, it's spread thinner between all the different leagues and everything, all the different players. And the World Cup is really a big consolidation, one-time event thing where you have only certain teams that qualify. But you know, Lewandowski being the greatest German goal scorer of all time in the Bundesliga is a big deal. And I think it will be, and people are going to realize that in the future. Same with Holland, especially if he can get to the Premier League. Like if he's putting up massive numbers in the Premier League, People aren't going to care that he's on Norway because that team is not going to be, you know, contending for a World Cup. Um, but I do like I do think that it matters for guys that can gain value off the World Cup. But I don't think it really is that big of a, you know, a negative. I mean, what is Lewandowski supposed to do? Become English? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I know there's rules around reclassifying your nationality if, if you're able to and um, at a certain age and then you're kind of stuck. Like I know Holland had the opportunity, right, to play for the yeah, English he did. if he wanted to, and he chose Norway. Yeah, and I think there's probably some, you know, pride playing for your country you relate to more than just yeah. classifying to England and whatnot. Um, but it does provide opportunity for people like Fati, like he he classified with Spain. You know, he's been living mm-hmm. there for a while now with Barcelona and everything. So that will help him out as as hopefully he becomes healthy um and everything. Um a couple other Differences between football and soccer in general. This is not like a sport versus sport thing, but right now there's far less graded soccer cards and football cards. Uh, people have been grading football cards for forever. People have been grading soccer stickers for a long time, um, just not the volume that's close to what the football card market's been taking on. And then even in the last year and a half now, or year mostly, is when people have been grading actual soccer cards. So there's a lot more scarcity involved in the soccer card market currently, especially if you. If you were to look at like a 2019 prison based Kyler rookie PSA 10 versus like, I don't know, you probably have to look at 2018 prism, but like an Mbappe or some of those other dudes in the set, 
um, even like Son from from Tottenham, like those those guys' cards, they're just not graded that highly. Now, also that means you have to be careful though, because there are going to be a ton more PSA submissions coming back. Yep. The pop report's going to be going up on a lot of these non-numbered cards. So be careful with buying the PSA graded cards of the non-numbered, unless it's something like this refractor of Mbappe, PSA 10, PSA 9. Like a lot of people have already graded a lot of those. Um, and it is scarce. Like those silvers and refractors from 2017, 2018 are scarce. Mm-hmm. But definitely be careful with the base stuff. And for, for guys in the chat like Timo and, and Dwayne that are talking about, you know, playing the long game with, with soccer, the point you bring up about not having a history of soccer cards um, is a good thing or a bad and a bad thing. Like from a, what, what I mean by it kind of being a bad thing is you don't really have history to point back on. Like you can right now in football, go look and see what Marino graded rookies going for Elway and all these, all these famous quarterbacks, right? You only have a handful of years of soccer cards that you can kind of go back and, and do that. So as you're projecting out and holding long term if someone doesn't turn into a top five player ever um it's tougher to go all right where do they stack in the all-time list how are people going to have in the conversations versus you know where's marino versus far versus roethlisberger and um especially especially with this with the soccer market how so much of it was you know is stickers in the past as panini was an italian mm-hmm. manufacturer for all the european stickers and and whatnot um you have the you like you have items there, but you can't directly compare them because the markets are so different. The buyer, the buying base is so different for the vintage soccer stickers and some of the cards, you know, in the early 2000s versus the now modern cards. Now, I think that they're starting to bleed a little bit, but like mm-hmm. myself, like I love the modern soccer car market. I haven't bought one card that's pre 2000. It, I mean, I would literally just say 2014, probably. I mean, I, I might have bought in like a couple of the. No, I don't even think I did. I was thinking like, oh, maybe like a World Cup 2006 or 2010. But I I may have ripped some of the boxes, but I've never bought a single. So people like me who are younger getting into the game uh, for right now, it's it's really difficult, like Dave said, to project in the future based off of history. A lot of it's now speculation, obviously, which is yep. good and bad, is good and bad. Okay, so now we're, let's move on to a couple of specific debates between these two markets so right now we are looking at some uh data here from slab stocks pro which really if i i'm going to post a link here really quick y'all can make your accounts right now and we're going to be posting more info about this in the near future but i'm going to post a link and go make your account for slab stocks pro and start viewing all this data like we're talking about here right now if you want to follow along as we go uh there it is pro.slabstocks.com slash register but we'll start off with josh allen uh, Dave brought up to me today about his extension. Dave, talk about Josh Allen and his market recently. This is the one-month trend. Uh, you know, it's probably about even over the last three months, but at least in the last month, definitely buyers are flocking back to some Josh Allen. Yeah, so so folks are definitely moving back to Josh Allen and these young quarterbacks that they're expecting to really take the next step. Uh, Allen's numbers overall last year went up, and so he it's having the the hype effect. Um, I'm not a firm Allen believer because I think they dink and dunk a little too much on their offense, uh, but that's just that's just me. Coming uh, from a Vikings but, guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not, I, I am Kirk Cousins, and that's how I recognize dink and dunk is all the years of Vikings dink and dunk offense. Uh, <laughs> Very but, experienced. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's interesting if you start looking at guys like Mayfield and Lamar Jackson 
and kind of watch Allen cards and see how people react to his extension and say, all right, is there an opportunity there with Mayfield and, and Lamar um, who are from that same quarterback class? And um, I know it's a different sport, but obviously with Tatis, when, when Tatis got his extension back in February, January, whatever time, whatever time frame it was, like his stuff exploded, right? Um, so that's why I think it's an interesting case study to see is it a sport-specific thing or if some of these quarterbacks start getting these major extensions, you start seeing their cards explode as, as well. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the headline too, right? So here's Josh Allen currently valued at 915 for prison-based PSA 10, and his headline was most guaranteed money in an NFL contract ever which is really big deal. Tatis was like, what, a 13-year deal? One yeah. of the longest of all time? Uh, stuff like that really, really matters. Now, if you look at like Baker Mayfield, currently his stuff has been on the rise a little bit recently, um, up to 425 for a prison-based PSA 10. These were like, I think these were way down to like 180 after that season, his second season, and he didn't do very well. So his mm -hmm. stuff has definitely recovered very well. Um, someone like him, like he's definitely going to get a good extension, I'm assuming, but if it's not to that caliber of a Josh Allen, people, do they care? Do they not? Like, especially if the Browns, I think that in the next two to three seasons, and they did well in the playoffs last year for given what they had, um, they're going to have to make some serious, some serious like noise in the fact that it's not just a team that's like scrapping out wins, but they need to dominate. You know, like Baker needs to start to put up huge numbers, I think, to really keep his market going, which he could. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that, that offense, if, if healthy, is loaded with with weapons. They got some young talent outside of um, OBJ and and Landry as well at wide receiver. Um, and Kevin Stefanski, who uh, was the best part of the Minnesota offense uh, a couple of years ago, um, is obviously the, the head coach there. So it, it helps. Um, and poor Browns fans, like they've never never had a, a good team. I mean, it's been a long time. The '80s, I think, since they had a, a really good team. Um, so if if they do take the next step and Mayfield takes the next step, that that's something that definitely could explode because it's been so long and because those dog pound fans are are so diehard. Um, one thing that's interesting here, I think, is the the pop reports on 2018 Prism. Very tough, very tough centering. I mean, basketball folks kind of know it, but football had it worse. I think this card is one of the toughest cards to grade in modern history. Actually, I think the gem rate is mm -hmm. probably like twenty percent because there's a manufactured defect in all of like the back of the card or the front of it. There's like surface scratches all in yep. one area. Yep, very similar to seventeen Mahomes Prism that had like the dimple the dimple on it. Yeah, yeah, but that wasn't even like an imprint. It's really weird. That was just literally like a print mark. Um, yeah. Dave, talk to me about this. So Lamar Jackson already won an MVP. Obviously, they've done okay in the playoffs. They've gotten, what was last year, their first time winning, or is it potentially maybe? Um, but either way, 820 for his PSA 10. Clearly, some of the value here is based off of how rare it actually is for a PSA 10. Someone mm -hmm. got a steal at 515 on auction. I don't know how that happened or why, but that person got a steal. And compared to the Josh Allen for 915, should it be a further spread? Should Lamar be worth more based off of the pop report? What, what are your thoughts on that? So I think that Lamar Jackson steal might have happened over Fourth of July weekend. If I was looking at the data, which yeah, is a great time to, time to buy cards. Same thing with while well, folks are at the national. Um, but uh, no, it actually happened literally like right at the Fourth of July weekend. You're right. Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, no, people love running quarterbacks. They love to watch running quarterbacks. It's so exciting um, because you never know what's going to happen. And Josh Allen is a big mobile quarterback. He's not afraid to run you over, but 
Lamar Jackson is different. Lamar Jackson is, you know, Michael Vickish video game freak, uh, athlete type of type of thing. And, uh, I think that's why you see a lot of folks flocking to, to his cards, even though someone like Baker, you could say maybe has a better all around team and offense that could have a better season. Um, but I think folks expect him to rebound, but at the same time, they're probably counting on the hype of mobile quarterbacks, going to put up some big numbers. There's an injury risk. Buy it now, flip it later when it hits 1500 bucks. I like it. How about this? Timo Brub, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert. So I was watching ESPN the other day, and they were talking about top three quarterbacks right now in the NFL. And I can't remember who it was, but one of them said Mahomes and Rodgers, and then Justin Herbert. And then the other one said, by the end of the season, if Herbert repeats the success from last year and can get the Chargers some more wins, that he'll be top five to top three. And he's like, how can you not put Brady in the top three still right now with Rodgers and Mahomes? Um, what are your thoughts on Burrow versus Herbert and the current price levels? Because Herbert's got to be one of, if not the fifth highest quarterback selling rookie cards, probably given how much is produced and stuff. Like, it's definitely Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, and then Probably Herbert and Drew Brees and are right behind there and Roethlisberger maybe, but what are your thoughts? So this goes back to having a plan for every card. And are you day trading or flipping or are you actually investing and buying long-term? Um, if I was buying a card to hold long-term, it would probably be Burrow. Um, given everything he had coming out of college, his, his moxie, his charisma, he's a pure pocket passer, um, has the big arm, has a good mind. Um, Herbert is kind of on the the rookie hype. And when you're playing Patrick Mahomes twice a year and Mahomes is going to win that division most likely for the next 10 years and you have to go through Mahomes to get to the Super Bowl, um, it's going to be a, a lot tougher. Uh, but he could have big weeks, throw five touchdowns this year, probably going to have a better offense than, than the Bengals. And there's going to be a lot more short-term potential there with Herbert. Whereas Burrow, if you're reading some of the early reports coming out of camp, there has been some talk and chatter and rumors that the offensive line hasn't looked really good. Um, he's been very kind of protective about his knee and getting a little um, iffy antsy when some of the pass rushes is coming in. And maybe he doesn't have that mental confidence yet in, in his knee, or maybe he just needs to take that first big hit. But um I would definitely rather have Burrow long-term and Herbert's available right now to, to flip when he has that, that first big game, or maybe they, they come out and upset the chiefs the first time they play him and everybody goes, goes crazy. But uh, generally right. pocket passers are going to be your go-to long-term for football. Um, or is it what Henry H says? Uh, Derek Carr. <laughs> thanks to Vegas Dave. <laughs> I mean, crazier things have happened in the football world, and um, Carr has improved every year. I mean, I'm I don't own a Derek Carr card. I don't know that I would buy one, but um, statistically, there's something there. True. Um, okay, so let's transition off football into back into soccer, and of course, everyone knows by now about the messy news from this past week. Uh, it's pretty crazy to see set to sign a five-year extension, basically rest of his career in Barcelona type of thing, or at least, you know, main playing years career. And it all fell apart uh, towards the end of last week into the weekend. 
when La Liga blocked the signing because of Barcelona's completely poor mismanagement of their finances and being way over the wage uh, percent to whatever. There's some ratio that they use that, that it can't be like over 70%. Barcelona was already at 95% or something. And if they signed Messi, it would have been 110%. And even with him either not taking any pay at all, they'd be back to the 90%. So he literally like they would have blocked the signing anyways. Um Really crazy to see Messi not going back to Barcelona, instead going to PSG. However, I think, and Dave, you can agree with me or debate me, I think that it might be like the best situation given that they should be contending for a Champions League every single year for the next four years now. Yeah, I mean, the Chelsea team is is stacked and loaded. You bet uh, it is. <laughs> but the, the talent up front that, that PSG has right now, I mean, that's – that's tough. I mean, that's that's all time a great. I I would actually be more interested to hear your thoughts on what the ripple effects are of Messi moving to PSG and what that means. Right. So that's a great that's a great question because there's been some rumors, and if anyone doesn't like follow the soccer uh, media and stuff, like there are rumors all the time, and a bunch of stuff never happens. So it's hard to really tell like what's true, what's not, unless you follow uh, Fabrizio on Instagram, who is always putting out most likely the most genuine and true information, but people, you know, there was some, some soccer accounts posting that Mbappe automatically now wants out that Messi is going to PSG. And then there's also some fair play rules with how much money can you spend before you wait for blocks, certain things and whatnot, or forces them to sell Mbappe to maybe like a Real Madrid or a Liverpool. And that's yet to be seen. I heard that some of the reports are not true, you know, that he does want out. Who knows? But that's a great point from Dave because the ripple effects is what matter. And this 2018 prison base PSA 10 of Mbappe bottomed around 400 and pretty shortly after the news topped up to 550 on some auctions pretty quickly. Um, that is pretty certain that it's tied to the messy news and everything. And obviously this card was worth way more in the past. And all of his cards have kind of suppressed here after that pretty putrid euro he put up although he's still one of the best young players in the world in my opinion uh the best holland obviously is right there with him but i think that he's and bob is a little bit more exciting in terms of the full game uh i i don't know i mean if he if they can keep all three there's no reason why they shouldn't win champions league this year mm -hmm. and next year and shouldn't put up like some of the most insane stats of all time in league play given that they're playing in league one not premier league not la liga not bundesliga not any of those other leagues so do you do you think though that PSG will want to keep Mbappe or do you think they will let him transfer because it seems like the rumors have been he wants out like he's either going to leave this year for transfer or next year for free and yeah, so so e either way the the rumors even before Messi was that he'd be leaving if not this summer next summer and I don't see why you wouldn't want to keep him if you're PSG. If you win a Champions League, that's worth way more than letting okay. him walk for free. Like okay. you would, because I, I think, and it's is a great thing that Zach, our, our soccer uh, YouTube video guy, brought up last week when we were talking, and he's mentioned it to me before, is that Dortmund would never sell Holland this summer because the margin between what they'd sell him for and what he leave for the next year, like the amount of money that they'll make through making even the Champions League quarterfinals can be projected to be like 75 to 100 million euros. And then on oh, top okay. of that, making the Champions League again is another like 80 to 100 million euros or something. So like, just, so just by like the business of like where you progress in the Champions League and how much TV rights, revenue, merchandise, mm -hmm. all that stuff, 
um, is a big deal. And PSG, I y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but they've never won the Champions League, right? Like to to just go all out this one year and win the Champions League and let them walk for free potentially after that, and then you know it would make sense to keep them. Now I don't know if they can though, because I think they might be forced to sell them. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with that? I feel like that there's so many like unwritten gray area rules with UEFA <laughs> and the soccer card, or not soccer card, but the soccer world. It's hard to figure all that stuff out. Yep, and that's where I said it's it's a big learning curve to really get the the nuances of it, especially when you don't have that continued exposure like you do with NFL or MLB or NBA, or if you're in America, you've got it going twenty four seven. Any channel on the radio for the most part, Sports right. Center turned on, and you you just naturally through osmosis pick up a lot of those rules and nuances where it's a lot tougher to get that on the soccer side. Yeah, you actually have to search out for it, or you need to start following Twitter accounts or yeah. stuff like that. You know, it's it's a very search heavy thing. And uh, as for Neymar, his lower end stuff is Prism PSA nine. It's up forty some percent over the last now month and some change, or yeah, month and some change. And uh, I mean, this is quite obvious that this would happen. Messi used to play with Neymar in Barcelona. They were super dynamic together. Um, there's no reason why they shouldn't be at the top of their game together once again. And Messi is still like the best player in the world, really, even at this phase in his career, which he's now um, 34, I want to say, right around there. And it's it's pretty awesome to see this all come to life. Not as awesome if you're a Barcelona native. Uh, I study abroad there, and I can definitely like from sitting here feel the impact of all those fans there. Like just, I mean, I've seen the videos and stuff like that's sad stuff and sad for, for Messi not to get the proper send off actually, you know, at this stadium and everything. That's it's, it's tough after 17 seasons there. Yeah. That, that looked to be a pretty tough press conference. Um, I, I watched some of the, the highlights of it and it, you, you could tell he was definitely very distraught. Yeah. And I mean, it's very crazy. I mean, one day you think you're going to be there for the next five years. The next day you're gone right. to Paris. Like that's a huge change. And I know he said in the press conference that, you know, when he's done it with Paris, he's coming back to Barcelona no matter what, even if he's done playing to live there because he you know loves it there. I'd be very interested to see if they're going to work to fix their finances over the next two years and sign him back because there's no way that was the end of Messi at Barcelona. I, I would be hard pressed to believe that that was the end that press conference, at least for the rest of his career for now. Yes. Um, I think it's only a two-year deal at, at PSG. So what I see is a two-year Champions League back-to-back, go back to Barcelona and finish his <laughs> career there type of deal. Nice. Um, Which I think would help a lot. I mean, yeah, it's not like you play your entire career at Barcelona like Kobe did with the Lakers, but win two Champions Leagues at the end of your career is huge. And yeah. I think that a lot of Ronaldo fans are probably a little worried right now about the whole debate. Um, now, joining Mbappe and Neymar at PSG is a little different than doing it at Barcelona with some struggling players, but it also very big fact here. An interesting piece is like, what does it do to players in Barcelona? Pedri, 18, 19 years old. He's going to be Fati going to be 19 the next year. I think he's 18 right now. Obviously he needs to come back from injury, but there's going to be a lot of young players there. Serginio Dest are going to get a shot to shine. And that could be very beneficial for them. Now, pl- not playing with Messi isn't great, but they should be able to have a lot more ball control and everything. It will be fun to watch. Can I ask you a, a what if question? And yeah, go like, ahead. What would happen to the soccer world if PSG let Mbappe leave to Real Madrid on a transfer? Let's say they get a hundred mil for it, a hundred million euros, and then they bring in Ronaldo to play in next to to Messi Dude, and, and they Neymar. Could t- they could totally do that. Although I do believe that 
Real Madrid's finances are totally messed up too. Uh, not as bad as Barcelona, but man, if, that would be really crazy if they got Mbappe from PSG and then added Ronaldo back, um, which was already talked about even before all this messy move happened and everything. That'd be like I was thinking from Mbappe's market if he gets moved or transfers to Real or something like how much is it going to hurt? And on one side of the coin, it's like, well, people can finally say he's out of league one. He's not in the farmer's league anymore. He's playing with the big boys at Real Madrid, but it hurts when you take Messi off of Barcelona. Barcelona probably isn't going to finish, you know, top two for sure. I think Atletico Madrid would probably finish number two, uh, especially if Real Madrid gets Mbappe, then they're going to get one. But I don't know. That would, that would be crazy. I think either way, it'd be cool to see him play with Messi and Ronaldo and see how good he'd be. Cause I think he'd be super good if he's not like just the main focus and everything. Um, it'll be fun. Hopefully one of the two options he's playing with one of the two goats. Yeah. Really quick. What, what are your, what are you doing in reaction to this? Do you have cards of these dudes? Are you selling? Are you holding? Are you, what, what's the play? Um. So all of my Mbappes are actually with, PWCC in their vaults. I handed them over at, at the national. Um, so my my Cyrillic PSA 10 and all my other um, non-numbered rainbow PSA 10s are, are with them. I'm I bought all those or traded for them with the intent of holding them for the World Cup next year. And I'm sticking to it. I'm I'm not moving off off of those. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Actually, don't have any Messi. I don't have any Neymar. Neymar is a guy whose market I've never been able to figure out. Because yeah. he was one of the few names I knew when I first tried learning soccer. And the attention just didn't seem to be there as much as um, a lot of the younger guys. So I I never really went down that route. But I may end up regretting it if uh, Brazil makes a, a strong play at, at the World Cup next year. Yeah, especially this year with PSG if they do win a Champions League. And if he does stick out you know, the whole season, avoid the injuries and everything. Uh, does this up the investments in League One? I'm not sure in what capacity you're talking about, but I'm just going to take this for what it looks like. Is I think I don't know how soon they can get something like something like this done, but some American sports network is going to have to buy some rights to League One because you can't watch League One on like if I put my YouTube TV or even my ESPN Plus, I can't watch the games. Um, there really is no American showing of them, and if Messi goes there and he's with Neymar. And Bappe, literally, like that's three of the top five stars in the world. How can you not make some quick investment into it to try to show those games? They will be some of the most talked about games in soccer over the next two years, no question about it. And obviously, Champions League is a different story because they'll be showing those on Paramount Plus. And if that goes on NBC, whatever it might be in the future, um, I guess that's CBS. I think Paramount Plus is paired with, with CBS. Either way, uh, it's on BN right now. See, I guess my point is that how do you in Sky Sports like that's UK, like that's a UK network. And I do think that I could potentially get Sky Sports and YouTube TV with some certain package, maybe. But it's not an ESPN, an NBC, a CBS, an ABC, one of those major networks that like, you know, uh, Bundesliga and La Liga are three ESPN plus and then um, Premier League is actually an NBC, like free TV type of deal on the national, all that stuff. Something like that would help a ton. All right, so now we've got about 20 minutes left for today. So tomorrow we are finally restarting our Slab Stocks break streams here on YouTube Live, the same place you're watching right now. It'll be tomorrow, uh, hoping to start at 3 p.m. Eastern time per scheduled as usual in the past. And we have 10% off the entire shopping cart right now for those three breaks. Slab Stocks 10 is the code to get 10% off. We took off 
about the last three to four weeks to run the uh, Slab Sox and Cam Kessem charity night, which went amazing. Uh, Dave was a huge supporter of that. Thank you, Dave, and everyone in the chat that supported and bought items. Thank you so much. Um, but now we got to get back to the Slab Sox breaks because Slab Sox needs to go on. And the only way to do that is if we do run a business and generate revenue. So please, uh, if you are looking to get into some breaks and help support and get some sweet soccer cards, we've got these three tomorrow. And we have some new products coming in uh, for the following week, which will be cool. So 10% off the shop for tomorrow only. Slabstocks10 on slabstocks.com slash shop. Grab some packs, join us, and uh, hopefully we hit some big cards tomorrow. I think that Bundesliga is seriously underrated. I think that Bundesliga is seriously underrated. I mean, boxes at the National were doing less than 250, and that's the, in my my opinion, the true rookie of um, Musiala, Mokoku, um, Bellingham, and um, you saw that with Holland. Musiala isn't in the product, unfortunately. I wish he was, but... Because he's he's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he didn't get a Bundesliga rookie, but it, I agree it is the best rookie for Mokoko and Bellingham and, and Verts and also Holland's you know second year cards in there and Reina and whatnot. Um, but I I love the product and uh, we are definitely blowing out those packs at fifteen dollars per with that ten percent off. Uh, buy a couple get some dollars off as well. Uh, the rest of the stream, feel free to submit some questions into the chat. We'll go here for you know 10, 20 minutes depending on how many questions come in, and we'd be happy to answer and just go back and forth on them. But we can start here with will who do you guys think cuban picks up for luca you know he's not letting him flounder about for another year with the team as is uh it's a tough question i mean did they do how what do they even do in free agency this year i didn't remember the mavericks signing anyone noteworthy their best free agent pickup was reggie bullock i think um and this is uh, this is something that dallas has struggled with which is really weird because it's a state that doesn't have state income tax. It's a huge market. You can get on a plane at Dallas-Fort Worth and go literally anywhere in the world. Um, and the owner is willing to spend money, yet they still struggle to get free agents. Um, and you saw this with Dirk. I mean, Dirk never really had a great supporting cast. He pretty much put the team on his back in, I think it was, what, 2011 and yeah. won an NBA championship. Uh, but maybe they will let him flounder and just say, we're going to keep being patient and hope Porzingis stays healthy. Well, to me, it's like, shoot, this next year, they're not going to win the finals. They're not even going to make a top four seed or even maybe top five or six seed. And now they're just going to have to play for one of those years that some max, you know, or like some max type of player pops up that they can sign, you know, similar to how um, the Bucks now trade for Drew Holiday. I know completely different situation, but, kind of finally added that third piece that they really, really needed um, and say what you will about his offensive performance in the playoffs. But that man picked up full court like every single night. So I can't expect a guy to score 20 a game on 50% shooting. If you're picking up full court on some of the best players on the other teams, uh, either way, I, I do think that they're going to need to make a play. Eventually. I don't think that Luca is going to be enough to make the, to win the finals, just Luca and like a guy like Przingis. They're going to have to do something else. They're going to need to get a free agent in there. Somehow they seem to have, throwing all their chips some reason into getting Giannis when they should have known that he's impossible to get on Milwaukee. <laughs> and of course now very impossible, but man, I love to see cat play with Luca. I don't know how they can make it happen, but that'd be fun. Yeah. You would, you would have to, I mean, basically the only way you can get someone else in there at the moment is you got to get someone that believes in Porzingis. So you need Porzingis to be healthy for the first half of the season. Pray somebody wants him at the trade deadline and that you don't have to give up first round picks to, to get somebody else because 
I don't know what their draft situation is with with first round picks, but I thought they had traded some in uh, previous seasons to add depth in in the team. But yeah, they've uh, they got to do something. And I agree. I would like to see Cat go down there too, uh, just because I want to see the dude win and I want to see Luca win because he's he's just so much fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, imagine Luca's passing ability with Cat's shooting ability and offensive game. That would be super awesome. I have no idea how to make it happen or what, but it'd be fun. <laughs> Will the U.S. qualify for the World Cup? Are they better? Otherwise, there's going to be a ton of disappointed American fans uh, entering into the golden generation. So many studs playing over in Europe right now. This has got to be the most ever or at least the top talent ever over overseas in uh, European club football with Americans. And if we don't qualify, there's going to be some some riots from some U.S. soccer fans. I know, so we we better qualify. I don't I know it's coming up in the following month or two. I don't really know the situation with who we're playing, what we need to do to qualify. But I'll I'll know hopefully by the time that comes around. <laughs> yeah, and I think the U.S. team needs to qualify in 2022 because I think their window is to win the 2026, 2030 World Cups, just because they have so much young talent and to get that experience. And if they can, you know make it past the first couple rounds and make a, a deep run that just really sets them up really well for, for the future. But um, totally. yeah, it'll be, there'll be a lot of problems if, if they don't qualify for the world that's, cup. That's a great point. Getting that experience, especially given it's like an every four year event and it'll be every, yeah, four years, it'll be 2022 to 2026. Got to get in there and at least make some noises to start to set yourself up for 2026. What would you consider the rookie card for Pedri and along the, and the new rookies with some so with so many products out for them now, you know that's a great question. Every single year, I normally say top scrum Champions League soccer. That's where you had the best Mbappe PSG club card, um, all the Messi and Ronaldo cards from that 2018. You had Sancho and Felix. I personally am not a huge fan of the new Champions League set. Like I like it from the fact that there's so many rookies in there. I think the product's good because of that. Like there's so many good rookies. Um, there's a lot of number parallels now, but. As a collector, this is as a collector only. I will still say that the Top Scrum Champions League is probably the best set to buy and the most expensive if you're looking for the investments. I just can't stand the design. I don't know, like the design, <laughs> the, the, the and that goes for baseball too. The italicized names, it's just so hard to read for me. Uh, I'm sure many others too. But that is the card that will be considered his rookie card. And also the tops now with Messi on it, but everyone has their opinions on that. Yeah, I think with Pedri, it'll be if you can find an already graded PSA 10 color parallel in Champions League because so many of those cards in Champions League are damaged on yeah. the color parallels. Um, I mean, it's the same with Formula One and Bundesliga and a lot of those sets. I think Merlin, Merlin was probably the first set that they finally got right. Finest also. Top Finest and Merlin, they printed those probably around the exact same time and they fixed it because the serial numbered stamp would damage the back edge of a lot of those cards. Um, now, I think that that doesn't mean you shouldn't be buying them or you shouldn't invest them or you shouldn't grade them, whatever. I just think it kind of creates a new baseline. Like, P I know Dave said 10s, but even nines of those color cards are going to be very sought after um, for that specific reason. Because I've seen PSA 7 uh, Bellingham autos out there and stuff like that already. Uh, I might not be qualified to talk about this best soccer set of all time and why include vintage. I would say, like, if you say modern set of all time, either 2017 Top Scrum Champions League. 2014 prison world cup or 2015 select for like affordable sets but if you want to go like super high-end i think flawless soccer and noir soccer and eminent soccer are some of the best high-end sets that they ever made did you have any thoughts on this nope 
<laughs> nope. <laughs> you covered it. Good. Uh, that's interesting. I actually did not notice. We auto qualify for 2026, correct? I wonder if the, I think so. Does the host nation all, always automatically qualify? I guess that's me looking super naive, but I, I'm not sure. I said, I, I did say I got into soccer in the last two years, and there really hasn't <laughs> been a World Cup since then. So I would imagine so. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I can't say with 100% certainty, but it'd be a really bad look. Agreed. Uh, what's up, Oscar? Good to see you in the chat. I uh, just want to say great job getting the charity items out. Already got mine well packaged. What a team. Hey, thank you. Uh, it was, we started shipping on Monday night and shipped all day Tuesday and all day Wednesday and got some of the last ones on Thursday. It was probably a 60 plus hour project just for the shipping when we returned from the national between me and two other team members. And it was crazy. It was so tiring. It was like 10 plus hours a day of shipping, but it, we, I'm glad you all got them. I know Dave got his packages too. Yeah, okay. And also congrats on the Eastern RPA. I did not know that that was yours, but that's, you, have you sold it yet? Uh, no, I've got it listed on eBay fishing for offers and I'll probably put it um, up for auction at some point this, uh, this preseason. We'll be smart to do that before they might get Philip Rivers back. <laughs> uh, I'll, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Although I don't, I don't know anything about the situation. <laughs> I was just messing around. I could go on for 10 minutes about the, the potential of it, but uh <laughs> I would I'm moving a lot of football cards right now because yeah. that's what I bought them for in the in the spring and move that into soccer and basketball while it's kind of early or off season and just kind of keep that cycle going. As I said before, August is a great time to sell. I don't think it's the best time to buy football. I agree. Uh, Aaron, you said you prefer Bundesliga for rookies, right? I definitely prefer the Bellingham and Mokoko Bundesliga rookie. And for Florian Verts, I know it doesn't have the rookie logo. It's really his first card ever made that is pack pack open. Mm -hmm. And I consider that his rookie card. And those are, I'd say, are the three of their best rookie cards. You could compare the Verts as finest, which is a cool card. Um, and then for the other two guys, they have a number of sets between Top Scrum Champions League, Merlin, Finest, Sapphire, all these other ones. But I would say Bundesliga or Bundesliga Sapphire is what I would focus on for Mokoko and for Bellingham, um, if that's your play, or Florian Verts also. Are there any U.S. men's national team players to invest in aside from McKinney and Pulisic? So there definitely are. And I saw Dwayne say earlier, like, oh, I don't get why so many people buy Pulisic. And actually, I don't own any Pulisic cards anymore, I don't think, because I actually was starting to think the same thing. Like his stuff is so expensive because he is like, you know, the American captain and everything, Captain America. But if you do think about it over like with Chelsea, like he's going to struggle to start unless they switch him to a defensive like Sergino Des role this year, which they did say they might do like where he's playing like left back and then kind of shifts up to the midfield and everything um, to get some minutes. But like they're just loaded over there at Chelsea, especially with Lukaku now. And even Timo Werner is going to hit the bench. So Kai and Mason Mount. He'll play on the wings and Lukaku at the striker position. Like Pulisic is not going to play more than Havertz and Mount when those dudes are on. That's for sure. Um, and I know it's all World Cup play. I'm not saying to not invest in him, not to collect him. I think it's probably still a great idea. It's just that there's a, there's very it's just a little bit more limited opportunity when it comes to performance. But as we know, card market is not really based on performance all the time. A uh, hype drives a lot of stuff, and there will definitely be hype going to the, into the next World Cup. And uh, to give you some names from Ian here, uh, Conrad De La Fuente, uh, Brendan Aronson, and Caden Clark are a few other names. And Caden Clark 
from David as well. So those those uh, Aronson and Caden Clark just went out to Europe within the last year, and I think they're both on Leipzig or no, one might be on Salzburg. I can't remember. Uh, they're so similar the teams. I know that one's in Austria, but very similar. Another dude that I think is worth looking at for the men's team is Josh Sargent. Um, and I've seen some depth charts where he's the starting striker, but the other thing I like about him is <laughs> I I've been buying some because he's kind of a goofy looking red haired dude and doesn't look like everybody else on the team. And that kind of stands out sometimes when you have big tournaments and you're looking for personalities and that fun player that people are trying to rally around. Additionally, his rookie is in Bundesliga from last year or two years ago, I think. Um, super low print runs, and it's really tough to find parallels. And the green-on-green green jersey match looks really good. I don't own any of those. I wish I did. Um, but the, it's it's tough with the men's national team. You almost have to, like, spread your, your dollars around because you have so much young talent and you don't know who's going to rise to the top. Yeah, I agree. Uh, David, I like this question mostly because I'm in love with the product. Is Merlin a good product to hold or better to rip? Uh, I don't know. For you, it really just depends on your financial situation and if you like ripping cards because that's the fun in it, but it is definitely a financially not a great decision unless you get lucky. Um, I love the design of it. I love how the cards look. I love the photography. If it were me and I got to pick which set is the most important set for all the rookies from this year, I'd pick Merlin. Now, it's a very biased take just because of my own personal preferences when it comes to aesthetics and set design and all that stuff. But I love this set. I think it's very appropriately priced and affordable for many, um, which I like as well. And who knows how it's going to do over the next, you know, two, three, four years. Will they keep making a Topps Chrome Merlin if this year's a success? They will because that's how card companies work. And then they overproduce it as time goes on, as we see with all these other products. So for me, I like it a lot. I ripped it for the first time at the National because uh, you got the Topps bonus packs with it or the National packs. And I actually really enjoyed it. There's also a handful of rookies that um, aren't in Champions League, aren't in Bundesliga. So if, if you have, let's say, a case... I would probably rip half, hold half, because if some of those rookies that that's their true rookie card um, take off in, in the future, then there's some opportunity there. Because to... Chavis, it's either Simons or Simmons. Chavis, yep. Simons or Simmons from, from PSG, that is like his only card, right? Like right. that from what I know of. Yeah. Yep. He was um, one of the guys I was thinking of with that. Yep. And, and the quality is so much better, like I was saying, as uh, Gamecock pointed out. Um, so much better than the than the other sets because they did fix that production error. I actually graded my Bellingham Orange Auto off 25. I got out of a break. Um, it got a 9, although I think that was pretty close to a 10. The, the biggest quality control problem with this year's Merlin set is the centering. Um, there are a lot of base rookies that are super off-center. There's color that's off-center. But my my Bellingham was like super well-centered. There's just like a little edge problem maybe with the God of 9. I want to hold that end up selling. I need to sell some cards because uh, that's how life goes. You can't hold everything when you're this young and not, don't have a lot of money. But, um, yeah, it is is an awesome set. Let's see here. Maybe just like one or two more. It looks like we're winding down, but this is a non-sports car related question. Have you heard about the new TCG game MetaZoo? There seems to be a lot of hype with everything Stevie Aoki is doing. So I did hear about it only from the fact that they had a booth at the National, and I was like, what in the world is that? It looks super cheesy, super corny. I'm not trying to be like rude or anything. That's just like my first initial take, and I was like, wow, that looks really odd. I'm sure that's what people thought about Pokemon, maybe when it released forever ago. <laughs> but I'm a, fan, I'm a fan of Pokemon and everything, and, and I was like, this looks like a knockoff type of thing, you know? 
And then later in the show, uh, a guy I know who's really into Pokemon comes up. He's like, hey, do you look at the new MetaZoo thing? I'm like, not really. And he's like, pulled out some packs. He's like, dude, these things are like flying on eBay. People actually are like, you know, buying it and stuff. And he told me that I think Steve Aoki's like a partner in it or something and started their own TCG game. Brand new, no lineage. And I guess that there's hype behind it. For me, I don't care enough about TCGs outside of Pokemon just because I played the video game as I was growing up. So I do have some attachments to that, but I don't care about anything else other than that, really. So if, if we learned anything from NBA Top Shot, I think it's be very careful with things that celebrities are pumping and pumping hard, um, especially if someone like Aoki is a partial owner and he's getting cuts of every sale, just like NBA Top Shot. I believe the players get cuts of every sale um, of, of their clips. Like, I don't know if that hype is real um, or if it's manufactured. Yeah, um, and when you have something like that that's manufactured, and I, you know, I heard something about Steve Aoki being involved in, um, you know, ownership perspective. I don't know for sure. I know Dave doesn't know for sure. So just, I don't want to get thrown under the bus if he actually isn't but um the whole point is that like something that just pops up no longevity nothing behind it other than just getting created and a bunch of hype coming in flying the prices up uh it runs out it runs out fast i think Um, the latest the latest game that you could probably compare that to is i know there's something called flesh and blood that came out um what a couple years ago now i heard that that was going crazy or something yeah i think you could probably go back look at that see the trends there and then probably assume MetaZoo will probably do something similar. So short term, throw a thousand bucks at it. You could definitely turn that into probably five thousand, or that could quickly become zero. Um, so there's there's risk, but I I don't know that I could say hold it long term. I don't even know anything about it, so I would never say to buy it. <laughs> I know nothing about it. Um, another thing is I'm not like a huge fan of the online releases, like Aoki's football festival. Nothing against. Um, his creation with it they look pretty cool but on-demand stuff does, is another hard thing to really hold value over time unless you hit like a messy auto out of it which is clearly going to sell for money um i don't know well obviously it's going to sell for money but sell for a lot of money uh i don't know if i would be super in on that either agreed and uh last thing here's i don't know anything about adrenaline at all panini adrenaline for soccer i know it's like a tcg just like a uh, top match attacks Maybe there's a couple cool things for uh, for for adrenaline, but nothing I know of at all. And uh, so, here's a, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I I dug into that a, a little bit, and from my experience, that's kind of I found some of the raw cards I found to be tough grades. Um, oh my gosh, yeah the 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 match attacks the back of them are made like trash. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's super rough, um, but. If you're one of the few people sitting on a PSA 10 in two years and that all of a sudden that either becomes a trend or it becomes a, a real deal, that's what people want, then you're sitting in a good spot. So if you just want to throw 40 bucks at something and say, hey, I'll just ride this because I don't need that $40, then it may be worth sitting on. But I, you could probably put that money elsewhere. For sure. Uh, firsthand experience of the whole pump uh, situation with some TCGs. Um Gamecock got a flesh and blood first edition box of flip is pumped over 400 now down to 250 you take profits from the stuff and as it dips um very similar thing happened with evolutions pokemon i remember in the pokemon space evolutions uh uh, booster boxes were going crazy like all the way over (laughs) six seven hundred 
and then they were in the past like 80 100 bucks and they fell very fast back down and everything so just be careful when individual things get go up like super super quick in price especially if there's no real warrant behind it i guess you know for for sports cards it's pretty obvious if someone builds a big legacy moment like Giannis, like that is very obvious that that's going to go up in price then but something like that it's hard to sometimes relate to rob said he misses nate rob you can ask a baseball question he can although we're at an hour now so rob nah. it better be very rob it better be super quick but yeah <laughs> i i don't miss nate at all because i saw him two days ago <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> Um, yeah, no Nate today. As I said at the beginning, if no one, uh, if no one heard or if people weren't here, uh, Nate is on his honeymoon. So I hope he has a great time and he will be back for more live streams in the future. So Dave filled in for us today at Dave's cards 32. We're going to shut down this live stream today. Just hit over an hour. Uh, Dave, thank you for coming. I always appreciate your takes and, uh, helping out with the chat and, and everything. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, everyone. Same time next week, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, I believe so. Actually, next week we might have some schedule changes as I will be uh, in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. But I'm going to figure out some ways to get some of this stuff completed. But either way, uh, normally 6 p.m. Eastern time on Mondays. And also make sure to check out tomorrow's break stream uh, at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Right now, slapsucks.com slash shop. 10% off. That discount code is going to end tomorrow. So please go and grab your packs for tomorrow. Slapsucks 10, 10% off. We will see you there. And once again, Dave's Cards 32, follow him on Instagram. See you all next week.